Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 10 again. We began this series several weeks ago, uh, talking about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It was a massive prayer that Jesus prayed. But I want you to see what precedes that prayer. He says that, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In order for the kingdom to come, God's will needs to be done. Amen. The kingdom will not come if His will isn't done. See, a lot of times we're waiting for the kingdom to come so that we can enjoy the benefits of that kingdom. But do you know something? God said, you need to make this happen now. Alright, and we're going to look at that today. God's will, in all of what we're talking about, is of the utmost importance. Because if we start doing things according to our will, then things will not happen. Do you understand? Now there is a place that you can grow in faith, that Mark 11.22, Jesus says, have faith in God and then have the faith of God. Alright? We have faith in God as we begin, but as time goes on, we learn and develop that faith to the place that we end up using and working the faith of God. Then we have to be really careful what we do with that. That's what today's lesson is all about. Alright, turn please to Luke chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 1, 2, and then verse 6. Again, Jesus says, your will be done on earth. It shows us again God's will in all this, and obtaining that will, and the power to do it in prayer. You see, one of the things that we need to also understand, is that we need to spend time in prayer to find out what that will is. A lot of times we're praying, can I have this, can they have that? Okay? You know, usually it's about what we want and somebody else said, could you pray for me? And you go, oh yeah, by the way, they wanted that as well. So could they have it please? Okay? And so we're sort of into things a lot of times rather than into direction. And we need to go from things to direction because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Get His direction first. And then all the things that you want to ask for will follow. Are you all with me? Amen? Amen? Alright, but the thing is that whenever we refuse or neglect the two, okay, that is obtaining His will and the power to do that will. We're going to see both of those today. What happens is that God's will isn't done and His kingdom doesn't come. Now, in Luke chapter 9, God has given us all the power and authority that He's going to give us. Can I start by saying that? See, a lot of people don't know that. They think they're still waiting on God to do something. God has done what He needs to do. It is up to us to receive it and walk in it. Amen? In Luke chapter 9, it says here in verse 1, Then He called His twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Can I stop there for a minute? He didn't say, you've earned the power and authority over all demons now. Because you've been so good. And you've earned the power to cure diseases. Now go forth and do it. What does it say? He gave them power. This is why the devils couldn't retaliate against it. He gave them power. They didn't go because they deserved the power. And the devils, you know, said, well, what makes you think you can do this? Well, I, I didn't kick the cat. And I was nice to my wife today. And, I, you know, I took the garbage out. You know what I'm trying to say? It was none of that stuff. There was no argument. 
They see a devil and they said, we've been given power, get out. They're like, oh, we have to go. Because they went in the confidence, not in their own righteousness. They went in the power that was given them. The Lord said, I'm giving you this power. They had seen him work. And they understood, if he gave it to us, we got it. Woohoo! Okay, so, excuse me, the boohoo isn't there. But anyway, verse 2. <laughs> and <laughs> he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Now, drop down to verse 6. It says, so they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Stop. Let's think about this for a minute. Because, you know, we read this stuff and we just go on. I'm going to ask you to do something now. I want you to imagine... That you're one of his disciples. There's a 12 of you standing there. He called you guys. Come on, come here. I want to talk to you about something. All right, so. (laughs) Okay. All right, now watch. They're going, yes, Lord. Okay, I'm just adding a little bit here, but it's in the spirit. Okay. So they're like, yeah, what are you going to do next? You see, he was healing and he was preaching and we're going to eat good tonight. You know what I'm trying to say? There were crowds and they were following him. And I mean, you know, don't misunderstand. They would have been throwing money at them like everything. Because Judas had a whole bag of it. Amen. That was the treasurer, right? Stealing, but you know, anyway. Hence the rich man. He was trying to get him on his staff because he wanted to fire Judas. But anyway, <laughs> couldn't tell any of the other ones because they would have killed Judas. And said, oh, we don't know. He kind of fell off the cliff or something. Yeah, you know Peter. Okay, are you all with me? They're standing there. And they're looking at what amazing thing is Jesus going to do next. And he says to them, I'm giving you power and authority. I can just see them going, Ooh. Oh, we want to follow you. You're the CEO. You're the head. And now you're asking us to go. Now let's think about this. I tell you, okay. I'm commissioning you, I'm giving you power, I'm giving you authority, go preach. What? What do I preach? Where do I start? Come on, can we get real with this? So they're going to go into towns, and the people are going to see them and go, Jesus' disciples, Jesus is coming to town! You know, before they can open their mouth. And uh, (laughs) no, it's just us. Oh, where's Jesus? You know people. Where is the pastor? Why are you here at my bedside praying? I want the pastor to come and pray. I give my tithe. Where is he? Come on now, alright? You can just imagine that these guys are standing there. You can just imagine Thomas. Oh, no. And he put me with Judas. I got issues with this guy, man. I, got, I think he's doing something funny. No, Jesus would never put those two together. But anyway, but let me, let me make a point here. Judas was one of those that was given power. You think he deserved the thing? Little thief, okay? <laughs> and yet, please get what I'm saying here. He was given power regardless. And notice it says here, they departed, went through the towns, preaching the gospel, and healing everywhere. Which means Judas put hands on people, and they got healed. Judas drove demons out of people. I'm sure as they were going out, they said, we know you. But you know what? 
It was the Lord's power. It wasn't Judah's power. It's not your power. It's God's power. See, we just missed that point. Somewhere in our preaching, we missed that. We missed that it was God that gave them that power. Jesus said, I'm giving you power. I'm giving you this authority. You haven't earned it. I'm giving it to you. Whatever power belongs to me, now is yours. You see, that's why we need to be in prayer. It's not so we can get so good and so holy and so amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. That the demons go, oh, oh, holy one, we leave because you're so holy and so righteous. Spat on my notes. Okay. <laughs> That'll never be the case. And we have to get past that. We have to stop looking at ourselves and get sidetracked. Don't let the devil sidetrack you with those thoughts. When you are doing something, when you are going on behalf of God, you are going on behalf of God. And don't wait for you to get good before you go. When he says go, just go. These guys, they weren't ready yet. But they went. Judas wasn't ready. Pete would have known he was ready. And why did it take so long? Okay, no, okay. Maybe not. Who knows, all right? I want to get up there and he slapped me as soon as walking the gates. You know all them sermons? <laughs> okay. No, look, man, I love you. All right, okay. We're all brothers. Amen. So I want you to catch something here. Okay? They went out. They preached. And they would have to overcome all kinds of obstacles to preach in the shadow of Jesus. But somehow they preached. Somehow they generated enough faith. So that when they started to heal, people received from them. Because if they don't receive from you, you can't heal them. There's going to be an incident that we're going to look at. Where there was a problem. Even though Jesus had given his disciples power, something went wrong along the way. Alright? Because Luke 9.6 says, they healed everywhere. Okay? So that wasn't a problem. But somewhere along the line, a problem arose. Okay, And in order to look at what that problem was, and why Jesus said what He said at that point in time, we need to continue on in Luke chapter 9, down to verse 28, and see what happened just before then. We are going to get to the incident where the man with the demon-possessed son comes and says, I asked your disciples to do this, they couldn't. Let's deal with that today. Alright, so, but we need to see this first. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. It says, Now it came to pass about eight days after these things, that he took Peter, James, and John, three disciples, and went up onto the mountain to pray. See, in Matthew's account, we are not told he went up to pray. In Luke's account, we are told he went up to pray. Now this is very important, okay? Verse 29, watch this. As he prayed. As he prayed. The appearance of his face was altered. Now this is a key fact. As he was praying, he started to change. Did you get that? As you pray, you start to change. Okay. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, as he prayed. Get this now. Verse 31. Who appeared in glory and spoke 
of his decease, which his death, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Verse 32. But Peter and those with him were very heavy with sleep. Well, these guys are always sleeping. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. So they woke up. Now we are not told this in Matthew either. Okay? When they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him, so they're watching this going on. He's praying. Remember, he's praying. Remember, prayer is communication with God. It's communication with heaven. Okay, remember, it's not a religious activity. You're actually having a dialogue. You're conversing with headquarters. Are you all with me? Better know what you're meant to be doing from headquarters. Otherwise, you could be doing all sorts of wrong things. Amen? And so, <laughs> it says here, verse 33, Then it happened again as they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Major statement. Like, you really? You think? Okay, no, alright. So, he said, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said. Okay? While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were fearful as they entered the cloud. Now there's more details here. Okay? So they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of this cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. That glory cloud is back. Remember, it's 400 years. No prophet in the land. And suddenly all sorts of amazing things are happening now. And now these three disciples are up on a mountain. They are seeing Jesus. They wake up. They see Jesus speaking with... How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Did they have pictures? Did Pete go, hang on a second. I think I have a little picture of him in my wallet. It's Moses. Hey dude. Like your work. The plagues. Good one. You know, okay, whatever, all right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know I'm joking a little bit. But you, you, you see where I'm coming from. So, you know, they, they wake up, they see what's going on. You can just imagine what's going on. And all three of them know who it is. In heaven, you will not need to be introduced to anyone. Hallelujah. You get up there and you'll just know. And all the people's names you're trying to remember, forget about it. You'll remember. That's oxymoron. You know, forget about it. You remember? Never mind. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, <laughs> never mind. All right. <laughs> Back to this. So they know Moses and Elijah. And they are brave enough to step into a cloud. Now they can't see. No, Pete would have led the way. One thing with Peter, man. I mean, he might have his foot in his mouth, but just he's first for everything. Okay? Which also can become a problem. Anyway, let's continue on here. And a voice, let me read from verse 35. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. In other words, Peter, stop talking now. Okay, remember he's saying, Let's build tabernacles, let's do all this. He's starting to, you know. All right. When the voice had ceased, verse 36, Jesus was found alone. Now, that's interesting how it says Jesus was found alone. Obviously, the glory cloud went up, and so did Moses and Elijah. Now, let me stop there. I'm having a thought right now. Let me just deal with it. And Jesus perceived their thoughts. And no, okay? There has been enormous issues about can we speak to people that have died? What do we have to say about that? Be careful who comes to you in what form it takes. Because remember that Satan can come as an angel of light. Do you hear me? So you better know if it's God or not. 
People have said, Jesus came and said this to me. And you know what? It is against the word of God. That's not Jesus, dude. That was the devil like an angel of light. Be careful. The Lord will never say anything that contradicts His word. If you have a vision, can I just suggest, ask where it is here? And make sure it's in context. Amen? In this case, there was no question. This is Moses. This is Elijah. You know, Jesus was praying. He opened the door for God to talk to him. And God was talking to him. This is my son. Amen? So, again, verse 35. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Verse 36. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. So they didn't mention this to anybody. Another fact that we weren't told before. Okay? Verse 37, Now it happened on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, that a great multitude met him. And suddenly a man from the multitude cried out, saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he is my only child. Alright, now we need to go to the Gospel of Mark, because we'll pick it up in Mark chapter 9, because we, the details we want are in there. The Gospels have a little bit different details here and there. We're also going to jump into Matthew's Gospel at the end of this, because he gives us a little bit more about what Jesus said as well. Alright, let's get in here. Mark chapter 9, let's begin reading in verse 14. So we've just seen what happened before the incident. They have had this incredible experience, but not all 12. Only 3. Okay. Mark 9, verse 14. So let's pick up there. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. These are the other 9. Who are wondering where these 3 went off to. And why they're coming down with a big smile on their face. And they didn't tell anybody. Uh, what happened? Not saying. John, what happened? Can't say, dude. Uh, James? Not talking. Isn't it interesting Andrew is in there? Why am I making that point? Andrew is Pete's brother. Andrew goes to Peter. What happened? I can't tell you. I'm your brother. I can't say. I, you know? Fine, be like that. Strife. Follow now. Okay? Alright, let's move on. Don't miss anything here. What do you think they were talking about while they were up on the mountain? How come Jesus took those three and not us nine? You know, we're the twelve apostles? Not the three amigos? Hello? (laughs) Okay, this is the twelve of us. And they get to go. Why did they get to go to the movies and not us? I mean, it was a show, dude. I mean, it was incredible. You know, and they come back with popcorn hanging out. No, you know what I'm trying to say? You know there's a problem here now. The whole time they were up there, remember, please, again, that at the beginning when they're given this power, they went around and they healed. There was not a problem. They come down from the mountain and there's a problem. There was strife. Down at the bottom of the mountain. Somebody comes and says, Oh, I've got a problem. And they, they're like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. You, well, what is it? Yeah. Well, I have this boy, you know, he just throws himself in the fire and he's foaming at the mouth and everything else. And, and, you know, okay? and they're still looking up the mountain. Why aren't we up there? And the father goes, uh, Can we focus? Boy, throwing himself in fire, can we help? And he goes, yeah, 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 whatever, you know, be healed. And it, no, nothing happens. Oh, this has never happened before. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, you come and try. So he comes and does the same thing. Nothing happens. 
Demon looks back, blows a raspberry, and keeps doing what he's doing. You can see all the way down to Thomas. I doubt I can do anything if you guys couldn't do anything. This is great. The father is going, seriously? I mean, I heard about you guys. You healed here and did this and did that. You can't heal this kid. There's nine of you. Yeah, but we're all in strife now. What should they have been doing? What was Jesus doing up on the mountain? He was praying. What should the disciples have been doing? Praying. Not wondering about where they couldn't go, where they weren't allowed to go. Watch now, please get what I'm saying. This happens all the time. You know, we want somebody else to pray, but we want their power to go do what we need to do. And we don't want to pray, you know, you understand. You know, it's like we want that, you know, splash the overflow. Hello. And we have to be careful that our prayer life determines, even if God has given you power, listen to me now. Even if God has given you power, you can compromise it by what you do. If you get into strife, that's why Jesus said, when he finished with the whole mountain analogy in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, he said, now, if you have ought against any, if you have any problem, forgive. Amen? If you are sitting there thinking, we should be up the mountain, why didn't Jesus take us? Forgive. Because otherwise the mountain won't move. If you have strife, see the devil will try to do that every single time. He knows the only way that he can stop you from using that power is to compromise where that power is coming from. If you believe in your heart, Jesus said, and say, it will move. Amen? But what happens when your heart is in strife? It doesn't move. Again, verse 15, Mark uh, 9.15. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. Verse 16. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son, who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, I'm in verse 18, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, (laughs) like this Jesus, everybody's freaking out now, right? And Jesus turns to the Father, just also casually, and goes, So how long has this been going on for? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you know? Do you know what the problem is? The Father now is locked in unbelief because he has seen nine disciples couldn't cast something out. He has come to Jesus and said, You know what? Your crew couldn't do anything. I don't think you can. Is the attitude here now? Do you understand? Because can I just say this? When you have seen failure and failure and failure, it kind of settles. You almost expect failure. Huh? And you almost dare the person to be successful. Let me get an amen on that one, please. All right, okay. And so, he's got to turn this father's attention away because the father is now locked in negativity. And so he says, um, how long has it been like this? And the father's thinking, uh, from childhood... I don't know what all this has to do with anything. 
And often he has thrown himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, see there are so many times when Jesus just healed people. It didn't matter. Watch what he says here. He turns around to him and says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Oh, fingers going back at you now. Now be careful you don't do this to everybody please. Let me say that again. Be careful you don't do this to everybody, please. <laughs> okay? Not everybody is going to be like this and have this situation. Alright? You've got to read the situations and make sure. If somebody's challenging you, then you need to say, Hey, dude, I'm not going to do this in spite of you. You want this done. You obviously want this done. Join with me in my faith. At least don't get in the way. He throws the ball back in his court. And verse 24, watch now the reaction. Immediately the father of the child cried out, said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So on one hand he says, I believe. And then he goes, help my unbelief. I obviously have unbelief as well. So I'm, not going, I'm no longer just looking and saying that your disciples failed. I realize that I failed too. Okay? And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him, enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead. So many said, oh, he's dead. Great faith bunch, aren't they? But, verse 27, Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he rose. Verse 28, and when they had come into the house, his disciples asked him, now here we go, this is what I want to get to. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? In Mark 9.29, it says, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now wait, wait. In the original text, in the most reliable manuscripts, the word fasting isn't there. One Bible scholar explains that. In some manuscripts, there is the addition of and fasting after these words, but this rendering appears to be the result of some copies inserting a reference to the practice of fasting at a time when it had become widespread Christian discipline. So they added that because people were fasting and praying, or praying and fasting. So they just thought, well, if it's prayer, let's throw fasting in as well. Look, it's really important that we make this distinction that the word fasting actually wasn't there. Why do I say that? Because you can't be fasting all the time. Do you understand? And if you run into a problem, the person, if they say, have you been fasting? <laughs> I didn't know. Give me three days, I'll be back. The guy might be dead in three days. Amen? Okay, so it's really important that you understand that isn't there. What's there is prayer. In fact, in Matthew's account, in Matthew 7.21, it also says, however, this does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And that verse isn't even there. They took this verse from Mark and stuck it in that. So when you're reading in a commentary, when you hit verse 20 in Matthew, there's no verse 21. In Matthew chapter 17. It goes from, 20, from verse 20 to 22. Because that's an additional verse. So in somebody comes and says, Yeah, but it's twice in the Bible. Well, it's not actually. I'm saying this because I don't want your power to get compromised along the way. You have something to do. If you've been in prayer, that's all that's needed. 
Okay? And what Jesus actually says, now listen to this. When you take all that out, and this is what it actually says, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. This would have meant most to Peter, James, and John. Do you know why? They were up on the mountain, they saw him praying, and he started to glow. And they understood the power that came with prayer. And they understood when they came down the mountain, Jesus would be able to do this. Because while they were sleeping, he was praying. And you know something? Pray. When God moves you to pray, pray. Don't ask why. Don't say it's inconvenient. Just start praying. Because you don't know what you're going to run into. Because stuff like this doesn't come out without prayer. You'll never be taken by surprise. Alright? So, again... When you're being led by the Spirit to pray, just pray. You know, there's an anointing and a grace to pray when the Spirit leads you to pray. Did you know that? And don't resist that because you are missing a brilliant opportunity to get in God's presence and have a time with God like you've never had before. Amen? doesn't matter where you are. Okay, amen. Alright. Going to the Gospel of Matthew, following this incident, in verses 19 and 20, it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not... Cast it out. Okay, so we're back there again. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. Interesting, isn't it? For surely I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. See, he applied this to casting out a devil. So from the two Gospels now, We can see two things coming out. We can see, number one, you need to be in prayer. Number two, you need to be in faith. You can't be in unbelief. Can I say this to you? If you're in faith, prayer will follow automatically. Don't try to pray out of faith. Because nothing will happen. You need to be in faith, and then prayers will follow. A lot of people, it's very interesting, depending on the church that they go to, they'll either pray or they won't pray. The reason that they don't pray is because there's no faith there. And the only people that do pray are the ones that are diligent to pray, not expecting much, but they just pray because they have to pray, otherwise they feel guilty. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay? <laughs> Alright, I'm talking about real people praying. Okay, people that are praying, believing and receiving, and something happening. Okay? And I have seen this. I have seen that those people that began a prayer life because their faith was energized, the place that they were going to was energizing their faith and building their faith up. And so it was just so full, they had to go pray about something. You know, you can't keep that stuff down. It's just bursting out of you. And so out of that comes prayer. And I'll bet you that everything they asked for, they got. Amen. And if there was a time problem, it was because of a timing thing, not a faith thing. God said, yes, you have it. Just wait a little bit and you'll understand why. It has to come at a certain time. Okay, there have been things that were time related and thank God. God didn't give it when I asked. I'll just say that and move on because I don't have time to go into that. Okay, how do I know that the disciples were having an issue? How do I know that there was strife in the camp? Turn back to Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, look at verse 46. Then a dispute arose among them. These are the disciples. As to which of them would be greatest. Now listen carefully. Where do you think that started? We went up on the mountain. la di da di da You can need the other nine disciples. You know, we all left stuff too. And it begins 
And they're going, well, <laughs> we know who's going to sit at his right hand and left hand. Isn't that right, James? John, yeah. Let me just say this. Watch out. This is the devil's ploy. How many times have you had a prayer request and you want to decide whether you want to pray or not? Think about this now. You know why? Because I pray and I believe I receive and because somebody else prayed, they go, oh, because that person prayed, they got it. So I'm going to not pray so that if they don't get it, they know that person's prayer didn't work. Yeah, but now nobody's getting anything except your pride. That is not something Jesus is going to step in the back and go, well done, thou good and prideful servant. <laughs> That's not going to work. Amen? It doesn't matter if they thank all the wrong people. It shouldn't matter to you. You pray anyway. You know why? Because thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if we need prayer to get some devil of somebody, and you know, they won't come to our church, but they always ask us to pray. What up with that? We're not praying. Come on. Are you all here? Don't do stuff like that. God will reward you for what you did, not for the ground you stood, because you want to make a point. Amen? You just know that God will reward you. It doesn't matter. They may not all come to your church. And you know, they get to heaven and they're going, Well, the reason why we got all our prayers answered, they're about to point to somebody else and God goes, uh, <clears throat> That guy? You've got to be kidding. With 12 people? Are you kidding? And we shouldn't be looking for that either. Hear me. Okay? There was a problem down the mountain because there was strife. And that strife erupted, and we see it in this verse. Let me say this to you. God has given us power. God has given us authority. It has been given to His church. We are all a part of His church. It doesn't matter whether it's Anglican or Catholic or whatever. You know what? Put all that aside. We are part of His body. Amen? And if one part is hurting, we all should be hurting. And if one part needs prayer, everybody should be praying for them. And we should never be like, yeah, but who are they? Don't do that. We are here to bring God's kingdom into this earth. And can I say this? The more you pray, the more you exercise your faith, the more it will grow. Jesus said, use what you have, it will grow. Amen? Just grow the thing. So look for every opportunity to pray. Don't ask yourself whether you should be or not. If you see a need, pray. Just go for it. And you know what? It will keep you in touch with God 24 hours a day. Because you'll be asking Him, what do I pray about this? And in just doing that, you are talking to Him. In doing that, He has access to you. And He says, by the way, when you finish praying this, I'd like to take you somewhere. Let me go show you something. That had you not done that and thought, I'm not going to pray for them. He wouldn't have spoken to you. You wouldn't have got rewarded. You wouldn't have got blessed. Amen? For thy kingdom to come. For God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have to lead selfless lives. We need to pray for everyone. We need to learn to walk by faith. Amen? And not be moved by anything in this natural realm. Let's do what Jesus said we should be doing. Let's bring God's kingdom into this earth. Amen? Let's not look for somebody else to pray for us. Let's look to see who we can pray for. Okay, who we can pray for. Do you understand? Amen. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.